Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Lost at Sea and Found in New York. Today's episode of No Home for Heroes is the first of our new episodes recorded in our second year of podcasting. I'm your host, Rick Stone, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you another series of great stories from our vault of history's military mysteries. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. If you are hearing this preview of No Home for Heroes on your YouTube or Audio Burst, we invite you to listen to the complete podcast on Apple Podcast or whichever podcast or streaming platform you prefer. Today's riddle for you to solve, how can a bomber pilot be listed at sea, be listed as lost at sea in the Pacific during World War II? only to be found in New York almost 75 years later. Stay tuned while we spin a story that is just too strange to be true, but it really is true. We dedicate this episode to all our loyal listeners at the Naval Historical Foundation on the Washington Navy Yard in Washington, D.C. History is not only made by those who live it, history is also made by those who write it. And now, on with our show. Second Lieutenant George McClellan Johnson was born in Delaware in 1920. His father died prior to the 1930 census, and his mother, Mary Alice Johnson, worked in the local school cafeteria. Prior to joining the Army Air Corps on 11 October 1942, George completed four years of high school and was working as a topper at a hosiery mill in Delaware. (laughs) I truly don't know what a topper is, but it doesn't sound like a very exciting career to me. A career as a young bomber pilot probably had much more appeal to a young man wanting to make his mark in the world. When he enlisted, George noted his residence as Del Mar, Delaware, and he listed his wife, Lucille, as his next of kin. Second Lieutenant Johnson completed his basic training as a flight officer with the 6th Company Anti-Submarine Squadron at Westover Field in Chicopee, Massachusetts. He was ultimately assigned to the 38th Bomb Squadron, 30th Bomb Group, where he trained as a pilot flying the B-24 Liberator Heavy Bomber. As a side note, Lieutenant Johnson's mother, Marie, married in 1943 while George was completing his training with the Army Air Corps in Massachusetts. Lieutenant Johnson and his squadron were deployed to the Central Pacific in November 1943, and they were originally assigned to Funafuti Airfield on Nanomia in the Gilbert Islands. After Tarawa was captured by U.S. Marines on 24 November 1943, the squadron was shifted to Hawkins Field on Tarawa and began staging bombing attacks from there, primarily in preparation for the invasion of Kwajalein, scheduled for February 1944. 
On 21 January 1944, two Bennett B-24J bombers, carrying 10 crew members each, crashed within 17 minutes of each other soon after they took off for Tarawa for a bombing mission to Roy Island. In the first crash of a B-24, nicknamed Misbehaven, there were three survivors and seven casualties. The water depth inside the lagoon at this crash site was estimated by the squadron commander, Major Thomas Thompson, to be four feet deep. The operations officer, Major Louis Lamb, estimated the crash site to be 150 yards from the south shore and stated that the aircraft wreckage settled in about 18 inches of water, with the tide coming in fast. The squadron medical officer, Dr. Dr. Louis Feves, waded out to the crash site. The pilot and two other members of the crew of this first crash survived. The bodies of three of the seven casualties from the first crash, Jack Bush, Edward Horney, and Thomas Lozada, were later recovered from the site and buried in Cemetery 33 on Tarawa by the Army Graves Registration Service. In the second crash, the B-24 was nicknamed Galloping Gus, with 2nd Lieutenant Johnson as the co-pilot. A witness to this second crash, 1st Lieutenant William Volkman stated that this aircraft gained about 250 to 300 feet of altitude before settling into the water at sea about three miles from the end of the runway, where it blew up with two distinct violent explosions. It sank to a depth of 24 to 30 feet. Nine of the ten casualties from this second crash that had been co-piloted by 2nd Lieutenant Johnson were listed as recovered sometime after 24 January 1944, and they too were buried in Cemetery 33 on Tarawa. There was conflicting information in the files for the 10th crew member, co-pilot 2nd Lieutenant George M. Johnson, but the preponderance of the statements indicated that he was not found at the second crash site, and his body was presumed lost at sea. That's where the case of 2nd Lieutenant George McCullen Johnson lay until 2011, when, as a member of the Department of Defense, I began investigating all of the missing American servicemen from the two crashes off Tarawa on January 21, 1944. In January 2013, Investigators from the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation contacted the United States Army Casualty Office to inquire about the status of the 12 unresolved U.S. Army Air Corps casualties from those two crashes on 21 January 1944. The Army Casualty Office case manager advised Foundation investigators that he was not aware of any U.S. Army casualties from the Battle of Tarawa, presuming them all to be Marines or Navy personnel. Casualty service officer requested a list to be sent to him regarding the process of how to obtain DNA from surviving family members so that future DNA comparisons could be made. The list of the 12 U.S. Army casualties from these two crashes was immediately provided by the Foundation as requested. Little did we know at that time how important this simple telephone contact would be in the future regarding the case of 2nd Lieutenant Johnson. 
On September 17, 2016, the Foundation received a request from the United States Congress for a report on the missing flyers from both crashes. The Foundation quickly provided this report. The report concluded that the four flyers were listed as buried as unknowns in the Punchbowl Cemetery. Four of these flyers were unknowns X-12, X-13, X-14, and X-15 and that at least seven other flyers remained in undiscovered graves on Tarawa. Despite my multiple reports while at the Joint POW-MIA Accounting Command in 2011, and Foundation investigators later to the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency, both agencies repeatedly ignored the information. Until, that is, until the United States Congress became involved, and they forced the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency, to begin exhuming the unknowns from Tarawa that were buried in the Punchbowl Cemetery in Honolulu, Hawaii. Unknown X-13 was recovered from the Punchbowl in 2017 and identified as Staff Sergeant Jack Bush on 29 April 2019. Staff Sergeant Bush had been aboard the first B-24 to crash on 21 January 1944, the one known as misbehaving. Well, there was only one problem. Remains believed to be Staff Sergeant Bush had been identified by the Arms Army Graves Registration Service in 1946 and returned to his family for burial in Tonawanda, New York. Well, you gotta hand it to the Defense POW MIA accounting agency, they actually scratched their heads and said, well, if Staff Sergeant Bush is unknown X-13 from the Punch Bowl, then who is in Staff Sergeant Bush's grave in New York? Great question. By now, you've probably guessed the answer. Thank God for the Army Casualty Service Officer who took our tip in 2013 to get the DNA from all the MIAs from the two crashes. And... Thank God for the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory who positively identified the body exhumed from the Bush Family Cemetery in New York as our Lost at Sea candidate, 2nd Lieutenant George McCullen Johnson. So the case became a double win for two different families because of what the Joint POW-MIA Accounting Command Laboratory once called Voodoo Science. DNA. Thanks to DNA, the real remains of Jack Bush finally were laid to rest in New York, where he was supposed to be all along. And George Johnson, thought to have been lost forever at sea, was finally recovered, identified, and he will soon be headed home to his family in Delaware. Thank you for listening to this incredible but true story of No Home for Heroes. Today's episode was inspired from the investigative case files of the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. We hope you enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. This is the first of this year's many different episodes of History's Military Missers Missing in Action. We hope you will enjoy your accessibility to them this year. 
We greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. On behalf of our production engineer, Cindy, and all of the team of researchers and investigators at the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation from all over the world, we thank you for your overwhelming support of our mission of providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>